please. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for all that you are and all that you have. Thank you for every young man and woman here, the staff. Father, all that is good and wonderful, and thank you, Father, that uh, in you we live and we move and we have our being. And outside of you, Father, there is nothing. So we rejoice and that we are established in you and you do good and wondrous things for us in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to give you the word of the Lord today. I want you to turn to someone and just say, I hope he has something good to say because I'm not here for nothing. Could you do that? <clears throat> All right? <laughs> I do too. I'm going to share a word of the Lord for you that I believe God gave me. And uh, I want you to kind of uh, just connect with it, if you would. And it has to do with uh, turning your, your um, weeping into rejoicing. There's been a lot of stuff that's gone on around this campus. Some of it's kind of scary. Some of it, some people just, you know, are uh, found it very difficult to uh, adjust to. And, and uh, the corona, what, what can we say about that? There's a lot of things that's been going on around the campus. And I've been doing a lot of Googling and talking to some people and even some other uh, people in colleges. And it isn't unusual. In Bible college, it's everywhere. It's what the enemy is doing. And it's also what God is doing. You can't eliminate that. All right? God is doing good things. So if someone would have would have told you in advance about what 2020 was going to look like, you wouldn't have believed them. You certainly would have questioned them. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's like a wish list for the Grim Reaper. It's like, uh, so I'll give you just a couple, just a, just a few of these things. We had the uh, impeachment of a president of the United States. It didn't, wasn't successful, but there was an impeachment trial. The uh, World Health Organization declares that COVID-19 uh, uh, is a worldwide outbreak pandemic, which we have been recipients of. Confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the world to date are somewhere around 50 million. Now, during the Black Plague and all those things, it would have been millions and millions and millions of deaths. But by the grace of God and medical science, there's been a whole lot less than that. Small businesses, and I talk with a lot of small business people as being a former business person myself. Uh, small businesses, um, they lost their businesses. They lost their small businesses. They were doing very, very well. And then, boom, they're all gone. Throughout the country, uh, there have been layoffs and people who have lost their jobs by the thousands. Remember, this is a Grim Reaper's wish list, right? <clears throat> Protests and violence caused by the killing of George Floyd broke out across the cities and the United States and the world. A lot of people were upset. Churches are forced to close for the first time in the history of this country. They were forced to close. And uh, they, when they reopened, uh, there was a strict criteria of social interaction that states set up in order for the churches and schools and others to, to be able to function again. Never had happened before. And then, not, if that's not enough, and there's many more, but just give me a, one real quick enough if I could. That is, uh, we are going through the most diverse and hotly contentious presidential election in the history of this country since the Civil War. It has split people right down the middle. Civil War from 1861 to 1865. It's never happened to this degree. So you take a look at it and you go, 
All right, Dr. Do you have something encouraging to share with me? <laughs> because, you know, I feel like I just want to go out and just pray for Jesus to come back. Okay, hold on. Man, do I got something for you today. This is very much, it resembles Habakkuk's cry to God. This is not new, by the way. It didn't just kind of happen to us. This is a cry. Habakkuk, the first chapter, I think we have it up there. Look at this. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen to me? Or cry out to you. Violence, but you don't save. I'm doing stuff here. I'm, crying, I'm, I'm praying here, but not a whole lot is happening. You don't save. Why do you make me to look at injustice? And why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me, and therefore strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, anytime there's a therefore, find out what it's there for, okay? Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. At least that's his conception. The wicked him in the righteous, so that righteousness, or pardon me, justice, is perverted. So this, Habakkuk's going, God, you know, this is bad here. Everywhere I go, something seems to be happening, and it's not encouraging. We got a, you got a lot of anxiety going on. Anxiety is fear. Remember, fear is anxiety. They're, they are the same. Uh, you got a lot of anxiety. He's got a lot of discouragement. Habakkuk was a man on edge with God. Have you ever been on edge with God? No, never me. It's always God is good. I smile. I walk victory. It's almost like, Dr. A, I'm walking on a cloud. I never really have a problem with that. I'm never on edge with God. I never want to say, God, what's going on here? It's okay to say that to Daddy. It's all right. He understands. He was, on a man, he was a man on edge with God. He's complaining about a society that was falling apart all around him. There was immorality on every side. He couldn't believe what was going on in God, somehow not uh, connecting with his prayer. Others must have felt the same thing. I mean, there were some other godly people there. Although not a lot, but there was, there was several. And they must have been thinking, what's, what's happening? What's happening on campus? What's going on? How come these things are falling apart? What, 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 how, come, how come things seem to be crazy? What's going on? God, text me. <laughs> Let me know somehow, some way. Because I, I would really like to have an answer. The fact is, what Habakkuk was seeing and what Habakkuk was witnessing in his hour is very similar to what we are witnessing, we are experiencing in our hour. Times have changed. People wear different clothes. They talk a little different. The time structure and periods are different. But stuff has happened in this world since the beginning. It happens now, and it will happen when you're 30 and 40 and 50 and 70 and 80 and 90. Might have a couple hundreds here. How many's planning to live 100? <laughs> Tell me that when you got arthritis. Oh, Jesus, come quickly, Lord. <laughs> this one gal, was, uh, she was 100 and in Georgia, 109 years, almost 110 years old. And the thing... I am not prescribing this. Matter of fact, I prescribe the complete opposite. They asked her what kept her living so long. She said, 
a cigar every day and a shot of whiskey. <laughs> That's a joke, not prescribing it, okay? The United States of America is the greatest, most industrial, and most powerful nation on the entire planet to date. But it is not without its blemishes. And it is also not without its propensity towards sin. And brothers and sisters, do we have it? Countries, powerful countries, come and they go. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but what? Stands forever. The word of the Lord stands for. It's the only thing that's going to make the difference at the end of the day. Connect with that. As the scripture goes, we once were young and now we're old. <laughs> you can see pictures of me when I was here. I had about 30 pounds of hair. Young. We, Deb's always had 30 pounds of hair, you know. But man, we were, had a little kid and we were, I mean, we're young. And then just like that, I became this. And, and it was like, I'm not kidding. You'll find this out when you're my age. I'm, I'm 35. You'll find this out when, <laughs> when you're my age. That it'll seem just like yesterday that you graduated with all of your people. It's like this just happened. Ye- this happened yesterday until you do a mirror. And then you realize, no, no, no. This must have happened a long, long time ago. So, what appears to be the silence of God here with Habakkuk and all the destruction mode going on is really something God is going, I'm going to do something. I'm going to blow your circuits, Habakkuk, when I tell you. Because I'm about to do something very mighty and very powerful. And what appears to be, listen, what appears to be the silence of God in the United States of America is nothing more than the patient timing of a fifth great awakening. God is in control. And every time there is difficulties and heartaches and destruction and chaos, you just stay tuned. You you, you find yourself in him because God's about to move. If you get caught up in the exteriors, you're going to lose it all. In chapters 1 and 2 of Habakkuk, now God's going to talk. I'm going to paraphrase here. There's two chapters. God says, Habakkuk, if I told you what I was going to do, you wouldn't believe me. And I'm God. If I told you, you go, I, I don't, this is, this is insane. He said, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to use those ungodly Babylonians, those filthy, rotten, subhuman people to do my bidding. No, God, you would never do that, the holiness of it all. God says, you watch. I told you I was going to blow your mind. He said, I want you to write it down, Habakkuk, and I want you to herald it. I want you to, to, to share it with other people because... It waits an appointed time. An appointed time. Everything is in God's timing. He never wastes a sorrow. Everything is in his grasp, even this moment in history. 
of what you're a part of. It talks about God saying, it talks about the end, and it talks about all the things that you're witnessing, Habakkuk. And, uh, and the enemy, uh, all the rotten stuff, the enemy is rotten, he's sinful, he's all puffed up. But Habakkuk, I want you to know something. You need to get this. I want you to know something, Habakkuk. The righteous person will live in their faithfulness. I'm going to say that again. The righteous person, man and woman, will live will sustain themselves, will get through anything around them because of their faithfulness. I will see to it, says God. It's a prophetic word. Those who are faithful to God, it doesn't mean, you mean faithful like I can never make a mistake? No. There's the grace of God there. You show me a perfect person or someone who says, I don't make mistakes. I'm always in tune with God. We, we, are, we have this kind of thing where I never make any kind of, have any kind of issue. I'm just kind of, he's either angelic or a liar. One or the other. Or she. One or the other. We all make mistakes. But you live by your faithfulness. And he's saying you got to grasp this. And we have to grasp the same thing that Habakkuk is seeing here because if we don't grasp it, young men and women, what's going to happen is you're going to miss the entire power and strength that God wants to give you to be able to be victorious through crazy world. And if you haven't noticed, we got a good dose of it. It's crazy world out there. The righteous person will live a his or her faith. That is the thing you partake of every single day. And as you walk out the doors, no matter what's going to try to hit you or what's going to happen around the campus or what begins to fall apart or what people begin to struggle in certain areas, though we love them, we care, you live by your faithfulness in God and he will make sure that you're taken care of as a result of it. So the world may uh, somehow become unhinged before your very eyes, but the believers in Jesus are going to feast off their faithfulness. And God himself is going to be faithful as a result of you doing that. I'm telling you, that's the truth. If that doesn't happen and that is not in existence, there is no God. He's done it throughout all of the scriptures and throughout all of the life. We have seen, my wife and I have seen the faithfulness of God Right when I was for sure, absolutely, positively, unequivocally sure, I couldn't make it another half of a second. Somehow, someway, the grace of God comes in. And all of a sudden, you look behind you, and you've made it. And you don't know how. It's the beautiful grace and love and sweetness of the faithfulness of your God and King. He'll do it every time. I promise you. I can't promise much when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I promise you that. Habakkuk, then all of a sudden, boom, the lights come on. Habakkuk gets it. In chapter 3, he begins to cry out. Okay, then give us revival. I've heard about all this stuff you've done in the favor and all that stuff. I've preached that to you before. But God, then do it again, 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 God. I want to see it again. God says, uh, you just hold on. I'm going to give it to you. And he does. 
God does that for Israel and causes, uh, as you read the, the, the chronological uh, books in the Bible, he begins to do that. That's exactly what he did. He met the children of Israel. The mental health toll, I'm going to share something with you. The mental health toll from the coronavirus on individuals, on marriages, on people who are single, on families, employment, um, on businesses, pastors, churches, missionaries, schools, mental health professionals, has been absolutely extraordinary. Most people were saying, I don't even think I can stand up under this. This is crazy. It was scary. Uh, I don't know how, you know, wear the mask, wear the gloves. Uh, I, had, I, had to, I had to get a primary doctor when I got up here. Everything has to be changed, you know, when you move out of state. I got this primary. I finally got a primary, and I got this gal. It appeared to be an older gal, I think. Um, she was in the room. Man, she had quilts all over. She had a mask on. It was like a, like a space helmet. She had gloves on. She had boots on. She wrapped them up with tape. I mean, she had everything. I couldn't I could see her nose. That's all I saw. I'm assuming she was a little concerned about the virus. And she was in a corner, and I didn't want to get anywhere near her. Boo! No, I wasn't going to do that. It'd be terrible. Uh, Let me give you just one stat. The Census Bureau survey said that more than one-third of Americans have displayed clinical signs of anxiety, depression, or both as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. And a, few, uh, a Pew survey came out and said that could be as high as 55%, even higher. And uh, loneliness is a big part of it as well. Uh, older people who are lonely or, or people who have been divorced or people who have lost their spouses or single people, you know, it, it, loneliness plays a part in that, in that uh, anxiety and depression as well. Some of the people you've been around here, I mean, uh, they're caught they're in the rooms, they've been failing, they're in every place, and even though you're young, you know, because you're young sometimes, you're going, I'm, I'm just going crazy here. i got to do something. Evidently, the people over failing did just that. <laughs> they were doing something. It was, it was nice to see. And one last one, the American um, Psychological Association says that the economy now plays a significant role in anxiety. Up to 70% of Americans suffer from anxiety because of the coronavirus. That is up from 46% in a survey they did called Stress in America in 2019. That is a 24% increase in anxiety and depression. Now you might go, there you go back to the Grim Reaper again. Hold on. It's not what you think. When you think of Noah, what do you think of? Flood? Flood. You got it. Somebody else? The ark? How many would say, when you think of Noah, you often think of the flood? It's like Noah, flood. Flood, Noah. Well, um, actually, I'm going to give you another take on that. When we look at Noah, we look at it one-dimensionally. I want to give you another dimension about this. This is going to encourage you. We look at it one-dimensionally. When in reality, there's another side to this, a very interesting side, a very life-giving side, a very, it's a bigger, it's a much more meaningful and powerful part of the flood. When we read the flood in chapter 6 and 7 and 8 of Genesis, 
It's pretty clear what's going on. I mean, it's just sinful. It's the worst sin that's ever happened on earth before. It was depraved. It was, it was horrendous in every single way. Man became uh, to the extent where, it, I'll just simply use depraved with a capital D. He was so depraved, it was so sinful, it was so perverse in every way that God said in chapter 6 and verse 7 of Genesis, he said this. He said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them, the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret the day I ever made them. Now that's a heavy statement. That's a pretty bad thing when dad wishes he never had you. It doesn't get worse than that. I regret the day that I ever made them. But look. Look at this. You're going to miss it. Here's the best part. Chapter 6 in verse 8. If we put that up. Chapter 6 in verse 8. Look what he said. But Noah found what? Found what? Found what? He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, but you don't understand. The flood's going on. Everything around me is going crazy. But Noah found favor, grace, acceptance in the eyes of God, it says. With all the ugly stuff, all all the horrible stuff that's going on, Moses found favor in the sight of God. And as a result of that, he and his entire family were saved. How could that happen? Because everything's so horrible. Because God always does something redemptive and life-giving through what the enemy is trying to destroy. Yes, God was quite distraught himself, but God had a plan. Well, I'm telling you something. Guys and gals, listen to me. God's got a plan for you. Don't think he doesn't have a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. Some of you need to find out what that plan is. You know, if you come to Bible college and you're 18, 19 years old and you go, I know everything there is to know. Hallelujah. And I've got the plan for God, and God has spoke to me, and I'm telling you, it came by divine revelation. And I am anointed from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, and everything that needs to be known by the grace of God is known in this 18, 19-year-old body. No, it's not. You don't know Jack. But you will. <laughs> you will. You might think God is a plan, and God does. God has all kinds of stuff you're going to find. He's going to, he's going to, you're going to hear from him. But there's, a, there's a mighty plan that God has for each of your lives, and you've got to find out what it is. It's coming. You have to wait for the appointed time. People have been coming to Elam Bible Institute and College for 100 years asking the same question, what is God going to do in my life? I talked with a guy today who just he thought he was done, and he's not. If I take three minutes, a little bit more, your your stomach isn't going to pop out of your body, is it? Okay. Um, So here's the deal. With all of this, all all their minds are caught up with all this devastation. We think the problem is the flood, or here's the flood. But the main theme of Noah is rescue. Rescue. The main theme is, I'm going to rescue you. But God, it's pretty, I'm going to rescue you. Can you believe me? But yeah, you don't understand. I'm going to rescue you. 
I'm going to rescue your life. I'm going to rescue your mind. I'm going to rescue the anointing that I put on you. I'm going to rescue your family. I'm going to rescue the land. I'm going to rescue through redemption. I'm going to rescue through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to rescue people because that's what I do, God says. And who does he use? You. You find young men and women who are here at Elam Bible Institute in college to be used in the I'll tell you what, I get happy about that. I get pretty happy. Through all the difficulties, all the difficult times, whether it's physiological you go through, whether it's psychological, we've had some of those issues here, occupationally, politically, religiously, relationally, spiritually, God's intention, his plan, his purpose, his desire is always to be for you through battle. His ultimate plan for each and every one of us is to rescue us like he did in the flood. And then from rescue comes new life. He had a whole family there. And God said, I'm going to start something new. God's always, his end purpose is life. Life. Not death, but life. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies by itself. It dies by itself. But if it dies, it watch, what? Bears much fruits. That stuff you eat, that, you know, I know you all like Brussels sprouts and broccoli, right? Brussels sprouts and broccoli. That sounds like a curse. <clears throat> um, I like it too. It came from the ground. The corn, how many like nice corn, hot corn, put butter on it, you know, that kind of stuff. Just put that stuff. It came from, they started with a seed that died. And from death came life. The corn. So God's not up there going, you know, but I, I, oh gosh, Fred, everybody, I'm so sorry. I, I miss, whoops, I missed this one. It kind of caught up on me. And uh, God, I didn't know what was going on. I'm sorry this normally doesn't happen to me. Oh, but uh, I, this one got past me. God knows exactly what he's doing. God is absolutely, totally in control. Nothing escapes the eyes of God because everything he has is in perfect order. Psalms chapter 91, look at this. Because he holds fast to my love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. Rescue. Rescue. You ever seen 911? You ever seen the, the people who come? You ever seen like uh, uh, EMTs and, and those people come and rescue people? They do it and they save their lives for the most part because they know exactly what they're doing. God knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. That psalm, by the way, was written by Moses. Moses wrote that psalm. And the very day that he completed the, the tabernacle in the desert, remember, he was looking at the awesomeness of God. Oh, God, I just remember everything that you've done, everything that you've done, God, all the stuff that you did and took us out of Egypt. And, and by the way, when they left Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea, where did they go? What's the first place they landed? Uh-huh. A little plug there. All right, so... He's, he's, he's reminiscing in all of this stuff, and he's remembering what God did. Yahweh brought Moses favor. He brought him grace, and he brought him acceptance, and he rescued him and all of Israel from death. Which goes to show you that 
It's never over until God says it's over. And God never says it's over. Never will I leave you. Never will I ever forsake you. I'm with you always. The enemy wants to be able to um, get you to concentrate on the flood rather than the favor that God's given you. He wants to lie to you and somehow think that there's not hope. There's a lot of hope. There's a tremendous amount of hope. We, 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 we have to get our eyes, listen to this, we have to get our eyes from the wreckage all around us to the rescue plan that God has. And sometimes it seems like complete wreckage. But it's not, young men and women. It isn't, it isn't to the extent where this is going to define you. Things do get scary at times. Welcome to this world. They really do. It's how you, how you attack the world and who you attack the world with in the confidence that God has given. You'll find you'll have your, you'll have your own dilemmas in life. How are you going to uh, uh, attack those? How are you going to deal with those? How are you going to face those challenges? You, remember, you plus Jesus is a majority in anything you will ever do for the rest of your life. So, rather than imprison us in fear, God has lavished us in favor. God has provided for each and every one of you, like he did Moses, like he did Noah, a shelter and a rescue from the storm for you and your family and all that you're going through and to protect you from the difficulty that um, you seem to be ex experiencing at times. I'll give you one quick analogy before we bring this to an end and make one last statement. So <clears throat> Abraham is about to offer his son up for a sacrifice. Not a good day. You know, do you think maybe Abraham, out of him, he was obedient, but do you think maybe he had a tear in his eye? Oh, God, I believe you're going to do it. You believe you're going to do it, but I'm not 100%. What would you do? Oh, no problem. Come here, John. <laughs> Lay down here if you would, please. I am so excited. You know, I'm lift that saber to put in his heart. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. But God knew it because God had a plan. You see. I mean, the, Isaac, the name itself means he will laugh. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my Oh, hallelujah. It means literally to laugh. I will laugh. When the enemy tries to tell you that things are wrapping up in your life and, and it isn't going well and you're confused or you're bewildered, or you're, you just laugh in his face. I'm telling you, you heard me say this before, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You just laugh. You have that power. You have that kind of favor before God, that kind of anointing and that kind of ability to speak to the darkness. God has given that to you as a result of you possessing Christ. And so what God did was, God provided an alternative. God is so cool. I'm going to give you an alternative. I got a ram in the thickets over here. Abraham, I'm not going to go. I just wanted to see what your heart is like. Whether you keep my commandment. Here's a ram. You, you go ahead and sacrifice that. Last comment. Or the last thing I want to share out of the sermon. God has never ever 
without options. Therefore, you are never, ever without hope. God has all of the options that you need to provide all of the hope that you can contain to believe him for all that he has for you and the wondrous favor and goodness that he has spoken into your life. So, I say this. You go in faith today. You go in the joy of the Lord. You go knowing that you are here for a specific reason to attain a specific thing. To be supplied anointing in the person of Christ to change the world. To change the world. You didn't have an opportunity to really meet Brother Elliot Tepper. But Elliot Tepper was a great, great, great man of God. Uh, David can talk with you about him. came from Spain. One of the greatest missionaries I've ever met in my life, and he's respected all over the world by all kinds of people. And he's gone through a lot of tragedy in his life. And has those centers all over Europe and Spain. And so the enemy had him down for the count and thought, well, you're, you're, you're worthless. You're, I'm going to tear you up. And he just stopped. And he's from Jewish background, so he's a completed Jew. And he said, no, no. God has options. And because God has options, I have hope. And because he believed that, thousands and thousands and thousands, isn't this right, David? Men and women who were on drugs, not only got off of drugs, their lives were cleaned up, they became vibrant people in the church. Multiple endless churches were started as a result of that. And tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have come to Christ as a result of one man believing that I will only give in to the options God has rather than listen to the voice of the enemy. Stand to your feet with me, if you will. <clears throat> oh, glory to God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Come on, let me see you smile. All right? You have every, y'all have some beautiful smiles, I'm telling you. God has blessed you with them. This is the day that the Lord has made. What must you do? What? Rejoice and be. Hallelujah. Okay? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much. For these young men and women, God Almighty, it is an honor to be in their presence because you are in them. Bless them, be with them, cause their, uh, your face to shine upon them, God. Give them peace on every side and let them know that they are a people of favor, a people who have been rescued, and a people who are blessed as a result of the blood of our precious Jesus Christ, our Savior. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a wonderful, wonderful lunch.